Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another podcast about hockey, hosted by a white guy. It's your boy. It's GamerGX. He's back on the internet doing this thing again. Been gone for a long time. We can get into that another time. But what we're here to do is we're going to talk about hockey. We're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, mostly. And I also want to talk about, well, pretty much anything and everything in the NHL. But obviously, I'm a Maple Leafs fan. I've been a Maple Leafs fan since 2003. Been watching them struggle for about two decades now. It's been a hell of a ride. I chose a really horrible time in history to become a Leafs fan. My first year watching the Toronto Maple Leafs was the last time the Leafs got past the first round in the playoffs. So I started on a high, which was awesome. I absolutely loved that team. I was absolutely heartbreaking to lose to the Philadelphia Flyers. And I believe it was six games. I think it was a four to two series loss. And I remember crying. I remember crying. I was probably eight or nine years old. It was awful. It was the saddest I've probably ever been watching hockey. I don't believe I've ever shedded tears ever again since that day. And you know what? There was um, a lot of tears that could have been shed over those two decades. Um, maybe we'll uh, we'll get into that someday. But um, just giving you a little bit of a rundown of my hockey history. I started in 03. Loved the Leafs. I loved the Calgary Flames as well. So I'm hoping to do... You know, not exactly one-to-one Calgary Flames, Toronto Maple Leafs talk. But um, this offseason's a major offseason for Calgary. So I want to try and keep an eye on them. I have a friend that lives in Calgary. He's also a Leafs fan. But we both like Calgary. You know, Calgary's just... I don't know, man. Like, I love Jerome Aginla. He's one of my favorite players all time. Mika Kiprasov also one of my favorites of all time. I'll probably make a specific podcast considering that, you know, I know it's a little bit of an awkward time to make to start this podcast considering the season's over. Um, we're probably, I don't know, two weeks away from the season pretty much being completed and virtually no news. It's going to be off season time. Everyone's going to have fun doing their training uh, free agency's coming up really soon, and the draft just happened. And speaking of the draft, the draft heard around the world. Good Lord have mercy. That was one of the sw- just most entertaining first rounds I've ever witnessed. And um, aside from the ghastly four-hour-long uh, event, I cannot believe it lasted that long. From 7 p.m. 7 p.m. until 11 PM, bro. Like, I felt like I just never thought that this thing was going to end. And I couldn't believe the pacing of that. It was so slow and drug out. And just, you know, I was just watching. I wasn't watching it live on TSN or wherever it was going on. I was watching the hockey guy streaming it on YouTube. He is a massive inspiration for me to even do this. Um, I get pretty much all my news from him. He's a great great youtuber probably the king of hockey on the internet um i love the guy and um we're just gonna we're just gonna go with it um so i want to kick into it um with the draft the first overall selection now this took place in montreal and the montreal canadians just so happened to get the first overall pick 
a little bit of conspiracy theory, you know, needle and needle and needle, you know, a little bit of that X-Files song going on there. Um, I don't think, um, you know, it was rigged. I think it was uh, quite just just by chance, you know, Gary Bettman's reaction to Montreal getting that first overall pick. He was kind of like it, it didn't make him look very good. He looked kind of like, oh, God. The headlines, the headlines coming out of Montreal winning it in Montreal. It's going to be crazy. But leading up to, and pretty much the whole year, and maybe even the year before that, and Habs fans, tell me, like, you guys have needed that center. You wanted another center, that franchise center. Even though you got Nick Suzuki, he's a fantastic player. Great passing, so much skill and ability. But is he that, you know, top-end Number one center right now, uh, talent-wise, I mean, he's up there, man. He's very skilled, but I'm talking more like that two-way side of what you would want out of your top center, which is, I don't, you know, I'm not a huge Habs fan, or at all for that matter, but I do keep an eye on players that I do enjoy, and Nick Suzuki is one of them. Um, I hope the best. He's still really, really young, so, you know, he can develop that two-way game really, you know, any year now like it if he could have even gotten better since i've been talking you know he's he's probably training on it right now but all i'm saying is that maybe if his face-off game got a little bit stronger and that two-way game just a little bit stronger he is bonafide top center number one center but montreal's always needed that that young new another center and i mean center depth in the nhl is is god tier i mean it's 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 centers defense and goaltending i mean you can build you, most championship teams you look at they have that i mean look at the tampa bay lightning you got steven stamkos braden point vasileski and headman as their main core that's centers defenseman goaltending look at the colorado avalanche now it's a little different because you know darcy kemper is he uh is he uh i don't know is that guy uh I wouldn't call him a, a cornerstone goaltender, a franchise goaltender, but he got them to the show. He won them the cup. And on top of that, they got Nathan McKinnon, Nazim the Dream Kadri. Oh, God, I could talk about that guy all day. And then they got <laughs> Kale frickin' McCarr. And, I mean, that was the piece, the, the, the missing piece that they always needed. And boom, they get it done. But going off track there, I mean, back to the draft... Shane Wright was pretty much selected first overall for the last, I don't know, year or two now. And I had, you know, if I was a betting man, I would have put money on Shane Wright going to Montreal. But, you know, my little brain didn't um, think a little further ahead about uh, other moves that could have been done. And now that the draft is over, Montreal not selecting Shane Wright and going with the Czech, uh, Yuri Slavkowski was um, a little bit shocking, maybe more shocking to some than others. I still want to look and see how... Now, from what I understand is that the Montreal Canadian fans are actually pretty pretty all right with this, which is a little bit shocking. Um, my wife is, um, is a Habs fan. Now, she's a casual hockey fan, but she, you know, she listens to me ramble on and on about hockey, so she knows a, a little bit more maybe a little bit more than a, a very casual fan so i don't know intermediate casual is that what we can call it i'm gonna go with that i was telling her i'm like i told her when yuri was picked and she was like i knew it just like i knew it and it's like yeah but i mean the kid is massive 
He's 6'4", over 200 pounds. He looks NHL ready. According to scouts, this guy can play in the NHL right now. He's already been playing against men in some of the tournaments. He was the MVP in, I believe it was the Olympics, um, which is incredible. I mean, I know the Olympic talent wasn't what we wanted. We didn't have all the we didn't have the NHL players out there. But the fact of the matter is, the kid went out there. He dominated. I think he scored seven goals in seven games against men, against guys that are bigger than him, stronger than him, have more um, experience than him. And he went out there and showed that he can compete with these guys. So I don't know. I kind of, especially with the other center, we'll talk about him in a second. That was added by Montreal. I totally, I'm totally in on this pick. I'm super down with it. Um, I know Shane Wright wasn't, um, we'll talk about him in a second, but like, wow, man, it was, um, a hell of a way to kick off the draft. Not a lot of people actually thought it was going to happen. We all thought Shane Wright was going to be a hab. There was even someone in the crowd at the draft that had a Shane Wright Habs jersey, number 51, I think he is, maybe 52, and they threw it. They threw it on the ground, left it there. Don't want this shit no more. I'm pissed. I'm getting the hell out of here. I didn't get my boy, but... I, you know, with this draft, um, the talent overall, it seems more of a quantity over quality. I'm not saying that there aren't great players in this draft. What I'm saying is that there's a, actually a lot of what looks to be a lot of solid guys that look like they're going to make this NH, make the NHL. But uh, what it was lacking is that generational for sure talent, such as a McDavid or Matthews or the guy that's going to be in next year's draft, Connor Bedard. So... You know, teams, it was a very mixed bag of opinions and thoughts and thinks on who's going first, who's going from 1 to 30, for that matter. The the rankings were all over the map, but the only thing that was extremely consistent was Shane Wright staying in that 1 to 2 spot, and shockingly, Shane Wright drops down to 4th overall, and he goes to the Seattle Kraken. Now, before we talk about that, let's talk about the guys that were picked before, even before him, which makes it a little... So, New Jersey's picking second. They've drafted two centers first overall over the last three years, Jack Hughes and Nico Hiche. So, does it make, did it make sense for them to draft yet another center? I mean, in my books, you can't have too many centers. Centers are versatile. You can move them to the wing. You can... You know, it's it's not a bad thing to have extra centers. As, like I said, they're versatile. But Jersey has the center depth. And I, I can feel that they were maybe a little choked up that Slavkowski went first overall. Because I imagine they wanted him pretty badly. Um, they could use that winger, that large, massive, trucking power forward just to, to go complement that beautiful skill of Jack Hughes. And that great two-way game that Nico Hiche is really building. So I wouldn't have been, you know, it wouldn't have been a bad thing for them to draft Shane Wright, but they did go for a defenseman, um, which actually makes a lot of sense to me because, um, you know, they don't have very good defense. And if you're trying to build a contender, you're trying to build a championship team, you're going to need that quality defense on the back end. So New Jersey Devils selecting second overall go with Simon Nemec um, out of, I believe that's Slovakia as well. Six foot, 200 pound player. You know, I don't know a lot about the prospects. If you want that prospect 
deep dive information, you can go and watch uh, the hockey guy. He's got that info. Um, here, we're just going to breeze over some things. Um, but he looks like he's going to be a really good player. Has high IQ, stick handling ability, movement, very strong, mobile, right-handed shot defenseman. So, I mean, you know, your, eye, your, your ears perk up a little bit when you, when you hear right shot defenseman because that's, a, that's just something they don't have a whole hell of a lot of in the NHL. So, again, I'm, I'm fine with the pick. It was a little shocking. Um, not as shocking as Slavkovsky going first, but it made more sense for New Jersey not to take the set, the the center here. Um, I'm cool. I'm I'm good with that pick as well. Now the next pick, Arizona, who pretty much owns about half the picks being selected in this year's draft. They had a fuckload of picks, and when I say a fuckload of picks, I don't even. I if if they had that many picks in the NHL video game, the game would have glitched out. They got too many picks, so. I don't think they fully expected Shane Wright to come down to three. Um, I don't know how much scouting they did on Shane Wright. I know they did a lot of scouting on um, Logan Cooley, who is the guy that they ended up picking. But this one confuses me because now this seems to be, I don't know, they seem to be really convinced by Logan Cooley. They must see something in this kid. But the fact of the matter is you had the what is the number one ranked center in this draft and you pick the second ranked center in the draft now it's a little head shaking to me i thought for sure 150 percent they were taking shane wright but nope they went with cooley who projects to be a very solid very good first line center in the nhl but i don't know man like them picking him over shane wright uh we'll have to kind of wait you know that's gonna be a lot of this is a lot of wait and see um, with a lot of these players. But um, I think that maybe Arizona m might have missed on that one. Not that Logan Cooley isn't going to be a good player, but I think they missed out on an opportunity that, you know, the best, if not, you know, we don't know yet, but the consensus number one, number two player fell to you at three. You had the opportunity to take him and you didn't. So we'll see in the long run if that's going to come back and bite Arizona in the ass. Um as it is right now, I'm not really sure um, what it says about Cooley's top-end talent to invigorate an offense attack. Got some goals last year. I don't know. And they also picked up another guy. I don't know. They got a lot of centers, too. I mean, they got Clayton, Clayton Keller's there, locked in for a long time. I don't know if he's ever going to be a top center. So, who knows? Arizona in the future may have that Clayton Keller, Logan Cooley one-two punch. And then on top of that, they got Nick Schmaltz, who is a pretty fucking underrated player, I must say. Um, I had him in fantasy last year. Dude was sick. He was getting virtually point a game. He just missed some games last year. So he kind of went under the radar. But he's a very good player. And on top of that, they got Barrett Hayden. So I don't know, man. Like, they went with the opposite thing of New Jersey. Arizona kind of went with the mantra, you can't have too many centers. And who's to say that they're not able to move a Nick Schmaltz or a Barrett Hayden? Like, I don't feel like Barrett Hayden has that high of a ceiling. But I don't really know. I'm not a fucking scout. But that's my opinion. I felt like they should have taken Shane Wright. But... You know, Logan Cooley is supposed to be a very good player as well. But, um, boom. Next up, the Seattle Kraken get God's gift. I mean, Shane Wright falls to them at four. What a what a gift. I mean, goddamn. I don't think they could have been any happier with this kid falling to them at four. 
Um, it's exactly what they want, man. Like this could be their cornerstone center. And now on top of that, when Shane Wright was selected and he came down to put on his jersey, he gave death glares to the Habs table, the Arizona table, and the jersey table. So what the so why did this kid fall down to four? Well, the only thing that I've been hearing through the grapevine is that he's he doesn't compete hard enough. He doesn't get in them corners. He doesn't get in them corners. He ain't grinding hard in the in the corners. He ain't digging hard for that puck. He ain't getting that out. He ain't fighting in front of the net. I mean, whatever, man. That is something that he can absolutely pick up. Um, but now, uh, with the look on his face, looking daggers into the Montreal area, I can see this kid being more motiv- motivated than he currently was or maybe thought he was and now he's maybe got a new flame a new purpose an extra purpose to just kick the shit out of the Habs the Coyotes and the Devils every time he walks into that building or they walk into his building he is going to take them down and I am hoping hoping that Shane Wright does prove those teams wrong that hey you should have taken me at first and you fucked up now, me personally, I would have taken Shane Wright first. Um, I understand that what it appears to be is that Slavkowski looks like he's more ready right now, but the ceiling on Wright might be higher. So, with that in mind, the need for centers in, in Montreal, me, if I was the Montreal GM, I would have taken Shane Wright. I would have pussied out. I would have done the easy thing. Now, why this makes a lot more sense for the Habs, they um, they made a trade. They made a few trades. They did some things. So they pick up Kirby Doc from the Chicago Blackhawks. Now that is fucking cool, man. Because I really like Kirby Doc, and I feel like he didn't get a fair shake in Chicago. Um, I just wish. You know, he got hurt this year. He had a really rough season. Chicago had a really rough season just in general. I mean, what can you do? The kid's super young. Um, Chicago's doing some a really weird version of a rebuild where they're selling off all their young players instead of selling off the old guys. They seem to just be selling off everything and anything that's that's not bolted to the freaking to the arena floors like I was expecting maybe a Taves or a Kane to move before one of them but I mean that is a big big move so leading up to this trade the the Montreal Canadiens made a deal with the New York Islanders trading off Alexander Romanov which is which was a little bit shocking to uh, Habs fans I would imagine but um in exchange uh, for Romanoff, Montreal acquires the 13th overall pick in the draft, and then they turn around and flop that pick to Chicago for Kirby Doc and a third round pick in the 22 draft. So Montreal acquires Kirby Doc and Slavkowski in this draft. Now that is that's a great job by Montreal, in my opinion. I feel like if this kid can turn it around, which I feel like he absolutely can, he's still very young. Um, he seemed to be very talented. I believe he went third overall in his draft. So maybe they're looking at it as kind of a replacement for Cockton Niemi, who was also third overall pick center, uh, who they lost um, in hilarious fashion to the Carolina Hurricanes. But, I mean, they I feel they did a great job with that trade. Uh, Islanders get Romanov, which 
ah, man, I don't know, man. Like, is Romanov going to be another Sergachev? Is that going to be another really talented young defenseman that Montreal lets go maybe before they realize what they had in him? Or maybe they realize more things about him than than anyone else because they had him on his t- on their team they've been watching him they've been developing him so they might know something that we don't about him so they move on from him blue line looking a little depleted right now and in, in the in montreal but um you know I, I, the, the future's starting to look a little bit brighter we won't really know anything until we see them on the ice but you know things are looking pretty good for them after that uh that was a really Nice one-two combo, I thought. So, pretty good for Montreal. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Um, other picks, uh, I don't want to go. I'm not going to go through every single pick in the draft, but I think we'll do the top five. <clears throat> and then I'll go through a couple names maybe that appears to be what, you know, the hockey guy and maybe the, not just the hockey guy, but what central scouting might think would be uh, maybe a, a bust or uh, early pickings, or what could be a, uh, a steal. So at number five, oop, pardon. Number five, they, it was the, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers who take a kid with probably the sweetest first name that I've seen in, um, in this draft, and his, and his name is Cutter Gauthier, left winger out of the USA. Now he's a six foot two, 200 pounder, yeah, man, like, looking to add some frontline depth. I don't know much about the kid, but uh, Flyers go on, take him. They uh, were pretty quiet throughout the draft. Didn't do a whole hell of a lot, but, um, yeah, man, that was a pretty solid top five. Um, I know some guys were maybe uh, dropped out. A little bit more than they were expecting especially right which was a pretty large drop and another player named Lambert um, also dropped quite a substantial amount possibly like over 10 spots he ended up going 30th to the Winnipeg Jets I think his projection was around 15 so I was kind of hoping that the Leafs were gonna maybe get that guy in the second round but uh, that was a little bit wishful thinking um, we will go over some of the, the Toronto Maple Leafs picks here in just a moment. Now, um, other than that, uh, Lambert could be, I don't know, he could be a pretty big steal for uh, some. I know there was a kid who went to uh, Detroit. Detroit? Nope, not Detroit. Pardon me, Buffalo. Buffalo got Matthew Savoy. Now, I'm hearing that he was supposed to go a bit earlier than that, ranked at fourth, and he went to nine, and he's a center. He's only 5'9", 170, so that's probably the reason why he dropped down a little bit. But how many goddamn times are these GMs going to get burned by not selecting some a player that might be an inch or two shorter than what they would want out of maybe a six-footer. But the talent on these guys sometimes are so undeniable. Like a Mitchell Marner, maybe not the biggest kid in that draft. Maybe slip down a little bit, you know? He slipped down to four. Probably should have went a little higher than that. Um, maybe because of his frame, he was, I think, 150 pounds, sulking wet at the time. He's added a lot. You know, he didn't grow a hell of a lot more. 6'1", 180 pounds now, an NHL player, and one of the best in the game. So I don't know, I wouldn't be so worried about, you know, shorter guys, especially in the NHL of today. 
Um, it's less physical. I'm not saying that there's no physicality. There's definitely physicality. But not picking smaller players. I mean, how many times are you going to get burnt? Alex DeBrincat. We'll talk about him in a second. Oh, my God. Alex DeBrincat, man. Like, another small player that it seemed the league, every every GM in the league knew this guy was going to be a star, yet he falls to Chicago in the second round. Blows my fucking mind. Like, I thought for sure the Leafs were going to take this guy, and they didn't. So, you know, don't back off from the small players, man. Small players can be really freaking good. Um, so after that, we've had, we had trades that went down uh, during the draft. Some pretty big ones. Um, I mean, the biggest one, I don't think this one actually happened uh, during the trade. I just got to look and see if I can find all the cracking. Okay, whoa, that's like way old. Um, Olivier, Donna, I just want to get to the Debrincat. Okay, so Alexander Debrincat. For the last couple weeks, been rumored on the trade block for what I have no idea why. They want to trade this guy. Um, just I don't know if they think that they can't re-sign him. I believe he still has another year, possibly two. Uh, I believe it's one more year. But um, I think Ottawa strikes gold in this deal. And me as a fucking Toronto Maple Leaf fan, I fucking cringed when I saw this. I'm like, great. So for the next probably decade, I'm going to have to deal with watching DeBrincat score on my Toronto Maple Leafs probably every single time that we meet because that's how that goes down. A player that we could have drafted and didn't is going to come back and bite us in the ass. So what did it cost the, the Ottawa Senators to acquire Alexander DeBrincat? Well, it cost them the number seven overall pick in this year's draft. Number, number seven. And... Arguably, I think this is a great deal, regardless that Ottawa had to give up a top 10 pick in this draft. Excuse me. Um, you would be lucky. You'd be extremely lucky to get a player as good as DeBrincat is at number seven. So I completely and fully understand why Ottawa was like, hell yeah, let's deal this pick out. Get this young kid. I think he's like 23, maybe, maybe 24 years old. He's still very young. Very, very talented. 40-goal scorer. Maybe had a little bit of a down year, but again, Chicago in an entirety organization-wide from fucking top guy down had a bad year. So let's not chalk that up to, oh, this is just who he is now. He's just not very good. I think Alex DeBrincat is going to be an absolute stud. Stud! For the Ottawa Senators. Without a doubt in my mind, he's going to be a stud. They're going to re-sign him. More than likely for the eight years. Um, they may even get that extension done over this summer. Who knows? Over the course of this season. I think it's guaranteed this guy is going to be re-signing there. Uh, Ottawa is looking really promising, man. Like, me as a Leaf fan, they're making me nervous. They got a lot of young talent there. The goaltending is... It's questionable, but, I mean, they have Forsberg and, and some other dude. And Matt Murray's out there. I, I'll talk about Matt Murray in a second once I get to the Leaf stuff. Um, yeah, I think uh, Ottawa did phenomenal picking this guy up. Question marks for me on the side of Chicago. I know they get uh, a nice prospect there at seven. Uh, I'll get his name here in just a second. Uh, number seven, who did they go with? Detroit, Chicago, from the Ottawa Senators, pick uh, Kevin Korshinsky, a defenseman from Seattle in the W, playing in the WHL. 
Um, rank seven went seven, so they pick a defenseman. It's usually a good idea to take some defense, uh, especially the way that they are right now. They're going in full-ass rebuild mode. So, again, but uh, them going in full-ass rebuild mode, let's say it takes them four or five years to get it done. At the end of that, Debrinkat's still going to be in his prime. He's good. He's a very talented player uh, that can mentor some of the younger players. Even though he's younger himself, he's been in the league for a bit now. He's uh, he's paid his dues. He's, he's uh, asserted himself as a as a star in this league so ottawa good job i'm upset that you're an ottawa senator and we're gonna have to deal with this not great uh we talked about the romanov trade uh trade that happened uh today i'm recording this um day two of the draft uh gorgiev traded to colorado interesting interesting indeed um, so that means Kemper is not going to resign with them. So that is looking like, so Colorado is going to be going with Gorgiev and Francis as their one, two. Interesting. I mean, because Gorgiev had a absolutely brutal year this year. Very, very brutal. I mean, he had a couple good games. If you ever put him in against the Maple Leafs, he's bound to make 50 saves and just stonewall us but otherwise he was a sub 900 goaltender i believe this year so but it, i don't know he's going from a good team to a really really good team so going from the rangers they had solid defense he got lit up all year long i don't know if that's just intimidation maybe some frustration being outshined by shistirkin because shistirkin is one of the best goalies in the league. I'm still going to give that to Vasilevsky. Gorgiev, you win a Vesna and put up those numbers again this year? Absolutely. You're the best goaltender in, in the world. Absolutely. But uh, Gorgiev going to Colorado. I, I didn't see that coming. Um, I figured I figured Kemper was, was probably going to re-sign with them. But uh, I think he's going to go for the money. Um, good for him. Uh, rumors have it that he could be a Maple Leaf. Makes me a little bit nervous. There's a few rumors floating out there about Maple Leafs and goaltenders uh, that make that do make me feel a little bit nervous. Um, I will just touch on this trade. This happened a few days ago. Um, Nashville Predators requ- uh, acquired defenseman Ryan McDonough from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for defenseman Philip Myers and former or f- former forward Grant uh, Miss Mismash. Okay, sick name, dude. Sick name. Um, cap dump, cap dump for the, for the Tampa Bay lightning. I think they're already projected to be over the cap. So it's 100% cap dump, uh, rumor has it, or Tampa Bay has come out and said themselves. They're not going to buy out Philip Meyer. So they plan to use them. Interesting trade. I mean, fucking another really good ass defensive defenseman going to Nashville. So they're just showing up that defense even more. I don't know, dude. It's a really good good move for Nashville. They pick him up for not very much. I mean, it's obviously an immense upgrade over Philip Myers. McDonough's old. He is old. He's on the back nine of that contract, but I still think he, you can get a solid two years out of him, and we'll see what happens with him after that. But otherwise, for, for right now and maybe a year, possibly two after that, it looks like a good deal for Nashville. McDonough does carry a fucking heavy ass salary cap. I believe it's 6.75 million, if not 5.75 million. Regardless, both of those numbers are pretty big for a dude on a back nine, but he adds so much to that back end for Nashville. One Stanley Cups was a large part 
of winning those cups, those cups in Tampa Bay. So solid pickup for him. I'm down with that. Uh, we did those. Uh, San Jose moves a pick. I'm not going to talk about um, picks for picks trades moving down. But here's a juicy one. Now, this one came in last night. It made me hop out of my seat. I clapped. I was happy. Now, Chicago Blackhawks acquire goaltender Peter Marazic and the number 25 pick in the 22 draft from the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for a second-round pick, which I believe was 38th in the draft. So, this made me jump up for joy, not because I hated Peter Marazic. It's He wasn't a fit he did not fit on this team, and I think we all saw that virtually instantly when he came here. Um, I kind of shuddered when I saw them make the signing. It was a lot of money for a goaltender that was kind of mediocre, a little under average goaltender who had a pretty good year on an extremely good defensive team in Carolina. So uh, I hesitated a little when they when they signed him. They signed him. He plays his first game, he gets fucking hurt. Pulls that groin, rip that groin right on off. And um, on top of that, I didn't like his body language. You know, his body language, when goals went in on him, he would always death glare at the players, his own teammates. Maybe rightfully so, I I totally understand that. Um, But not a great way to make a first impression with your teammates when, you know, puck accidentally goes off. A, a stick or a skate and it goes in top cheese and and you get the death glare out of the brand new goaltender and you're like yo man like it shit happens like that all the time so you know on top of the the kind of bad body language in comparison to the just one of the nicest greatest human beings in jack campbell who is tapping everybody if you're on his team or not i'm gonna tap you i'm gonna tell you good job man you're you're awesome Jack Campbell. So maybe the Leaf Leaf fans and the players didn't really like that body language. Now, you are NHL players, you're professionals. That body language towards you, you probably don't take it all that personally. But it's just something that I noticed. And then he gets hurt. He goes off for like four weeks. He comes back and gets hurt again. And it's just a fucking shit show. It's a shit show the whole season. He has a couple, there was a streak there, I think, when he came back from possibly the third injury. He had like a week there where he was playing good, playing really good, getting the wins, looking like it's all coming up fucking Millhouse. He's playing good, team's playing good in front of him, people are happy, boom, hurt again, motherfucker, you're down. Now, I think that was his third injury, goes down again, holy shit, dude, like, this guy can't stay healthy, so it's just bad, bad, bad. Um, You know, he didn't get a really fair shake here in Toronto. But we had to get rid of that contract, man. It was bad. It was a bad, bad contract. I believe it was like 3.95 for like three years. It was just fucking, it was just crippling. It was going to be absolutely crippling to us this season. So what does that leave us with? We don't have a goaltender anymore. Jack Campbell isn't signed up until right now. Mrazek's gone. So right now we got Shalgren and Blank. Um, uh, I'm nervous right now. As a Leaf fan, I'm a little nervous with that. Because there's no fucking way we're making it. We may not even make it to playoffs if we if our goaltender is Shalgren. Now, I, I do believe they're going to go out and do something. My belief as of right now, if they haven't done it already, I feel like Campbell is going to stay. I think they can work this out. I think for the benefit of both, I think it's a great fit for the team. He's a great teammate. 
Everyone loves him. I haven't seen a goaltender this loved by the fans since probably Eddie Belfour. I mean, the soup chants are legendary. I absolutely love them. I love the crowd getting behind this guy. I love his story. Like, the Jack Campbell story is a beautiful thing. He gets drafted really early, I think 11th overall in the first round by the Dallas Stars. And, like, it just didn't work there. He gets moved to L.A., backup, backup, backup duties. You know, he's just not he's not breaking out as that top-tier goaltender that you're expecting out of a first-round draft pick goalie. And then he shows up in Toronto, and it just seems everything fell into place for this guy. He goes on an absolute fucking tear. Unbelievable season for him. It was a shortened season, so that made us all nervous because, okay, so he's done this. He's done this over 50 games or whatnot. What can he do over 82? And we got our answer this year. Mm, ups and downs, ups and downs. That's, that's all we can really say. He's, um, on top of that, his playoff performance against Montreal, phenomenal. He outplayed Gary Price, and we still lost. I'll, we'll talk about that another time. I don't want to get too revved up about that right now, but it was not Jack Campbell's fault. He played amazing in that series. He let in a couple floaters, but I think he still had like a 950, 940 save percentage. Insane. And he did it again this playoffs. He, again, was not the problem. Maybe letting a floater or two. Something that we're used to. Freddie Anderson did it all the time for us, but he still played very good. He was not the problem. Now, throughout the season, this is where the problem came in. Um, some injuries, and it appeared that Jack was playing hurt um, through parts of this season. Uh, he started off amazing, man. Like, oh, I just thought, like, yes, like, we finally have the, like, he's he's legit. Like, he's fine. He's really legit. Here he is. Jack Campbell's arrived, playing amazing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hot start. And then it started creeping in. Rough performance started creeping in. Boom. All of a sudden, we're two months, two, three months into the season, and this guy has been rocking, like, you know, that without that early start, he was rocking like an under 900 save percentage. Leafs had one of the worst ranked goaltending save percentages in the league, yet we were still winning. So, you know, we, we, we battled through those rough times of injuries, um, injuries to Jack Campbell and Mrazek, goaltending fucking circus, Columbus stealing a goaltender from us, the Finnish goaltender. We didn't end up getting him. Maybe that was a godsend. We don't know. Shalgren comes up, gets a fucking shutout in his first game. I'm like, oh my god, it's the second coming. Goddamn Patrick Wall right here. And then he kind of levels out. You know, okay, okay. Maybe he's not not that good, but you know, not bad, not bad, not really bad. But you know, uh, we need a little bit better than that. Something a little bit more consistent something that makes me sleep easy at night if um we go into this season and Shalgren is our starter I ain't gonna sleep all summer I ain't gonna sleep it's gonna be rough so they battle through it Campbell comes back looks like he's a little bit more rested up healed up a bit from that injury starts playing better you know not that insane Jack Campbell that was playing at the beginning of the season that you know I think we all wanted but that that the way he was playing at the beginning was a little bit uh, unsustainable. So he kind of leveled out, became a, a, a bit of a above average goaltender, which is exactly fine with us. We are fine with that. Um, we just needed that Jack Campbell. So I right now believe that the Leafs and Campbell are going to get this done. Please, Soupy, don't leave us for Edmonton. Please don't take Soup and Hyman, two of my of just some of the most beloved Leafs. <sighs> Please don't do this to us. 
I want you guys to work it out. I feel like we can do this now. I think Justin Hall is also going to be out. That'll save up enough money. I don't want us... I don't think Jack Campbell is worth the $5 million that he's asking for. But I think we should be able to... we got to be able to find, you know, like 4.20, boys. Like, come on. 420 it up. 4.2 mil. Let's do three, four years. I think everybody's happy there. But I completely understand where Jack Campbell's coming from. This guy has been in the league for quite some time now, not making very much money, not making very much money for the Maple Leafs. And I think he wants to get some of that fucking money right now. And if uh, he walks to free agency, I think he's going to get that money. But um, we're going to find out what's more important to Jack Campbell right now. If, um, if it's financial security, which is absolutely understandable. I'm not going to dog him for that. Or if he wants to have a competitive career, playing for a competitive team, uh, possibly par- be part of some of the greatest history that, that could ever happen if the Toronto Maple Leafs actually win a Stanley Cup. And if he's part of that, if he's the goalie, you're a legend for life. You're a legend for life. You can retire after that, and you can just sign autographs in Toronto. You can just walk around Toronto saying, hey, I'm Jack Campbell. I'm the fucking best. And people will just give you money. I would give you money. I, I imagine any Leaf fan would give you money. Just you want us to cup, roam Toronto and smile and slap people on the on the rump and just say, good job, man. That is That can be your job for the rest. I pray that the Leafs can get this done. Come on, Dubas. Now, some other trades... Zach Cassian gets dumped off to uh, to Arizona. Not a big deal. Some picks, some picks moving around. I don't really. It's not a big deal. Zach Cassian's done in rings. He's uh, he's gonna kind of wither away there, sadly, in Arizona. But I think he's gonna have some fun there. I think he's gonna have a better time there than he did in Edmonton. I mean, there were some there were some good times there for for Cassian, playing with McBaby. Scoring some goals, looking good, but then the rest of it, you know, those vicious Edmonton fans sometimes probably giving them a really hard time. I think in Arizona, man, it's going to be, I don't give a fuck. No one really gives a fuck. We're just here. So, you know, I'm fine with that. Um, so this came in today, July 8th, the day I'm recording it. Detroit Red Wings acquire goaltender, or I guess the signing rights to goaltender Billy Huso, which broke my heart because I really, really wanted the Leafs to uh, go after Billy Huso. Um... And in exchange for that, uh, the St. Louis Blues acquire a third-round pick. So some people might be going, holy shit, the Detroit Red Wings just acquired Billy Huso for a third. What a steal. They didn't acquire Billy Huso. They acquired his rights. But uh, Detroit also was able to uh, give Billy Huso an extension, I believe three years, 4.75 mil. Uh, you know, that's about what I was expecting him to get. Um... I, I would have been okay with that deal if that if the Leafs signed that deal. I think I would have been okay. A little bit hesitant because the Leafs have signed numerous of these kind of deals. Going back to Jonathan Bernier out of LA signing, a, I believe it was a $5 million per. Didn't work out so good. Freddie Anderson signing a $5 million per. Looked scary as fuck at first. He looked horrible, but then it worked out pretty good. I'm sad the way that it ended with uh, the Leafs and Freddie, but it was a great run. We I, I love Freddie Anderson a lot. And and if um if they did it again with say a five million per out of Billy Huso, who's not I know he had such an amazing season, uh, he didn't look so great in the playoffs. Um, not a fully proven goaltender, and the Leafs have taken a lot of shots on those kind of goalies and been burned a lot. Do I have to bring up Toscala? So there's that. Um, 
good for Detroit, you know, fucking, oh, goddamn Stevie Y at it again, steals a goalie that I would have really enjoyed to see um, join my team. But uh, Billy Huso to the Red Wings, signed up. Let's hope that uh, he could play a little bit better than uh, Nedeljkovic. So I imagine that'll be the tandem there, Nedeljkovic and uh, Huso. So good for Detroit. Uh, I could see Detroit doing some doing a lot better this coming season than they did the the last season there. Um, their day's coming, man. Like the team is looking like they're coming around real nicely. Prospects are starting to bloom. Uh, draft picks have been hitting. Trades have been absolutely fucking incredible. If you're a GM in the NHL, do not make a fucking deal with Stevie Y. Hang up the phone. Um, some more. There's a lot. There's a lot of trades, man. Uh, New Jersey Devils acquire Vitek Vanacek from the Washington Capitals in exchange for a second round pick and a third round pick in 22, 22 draft. So, ah. Uh, Vanacek and is it Samsonov? Samsonov and and um. Washington, Vanacek, I think he already got, he got picked up by Seattle in the expansion draft, traded back to Washington, only to be traded back out from Washington. So um, keep your suitcase packed, guy. You might be on the move one more time. Who knows? Uh, pretty minor deal. Uh, Jersey needs some goalies, so I guess they'll take a swing on a young goalie. Maybe he fucking pops off for him. They need a goalie. Uh, Flyers, Philadelphia Flyers, acquired defenseman Tony D'Angelo. Tony D and a seventh round pick in the 22 draft um, in exchange for fourth round pick in 22, third round conditional in 23, and a second round pick in 24. Uh, don't know what the condition is. Probably something like if he scores 50 points or more. Who knows? Um, good, good on Philly. Uh, kind of reminds me of Ghost Bear a little bit. Um, a very talented, very offensive-oriented, mean little some bitch at a at a Tony D'Angelo. I mean, I think he fits in really well with 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 the Philadelphia Flyers. I think the fans are gonna really like this guy. Um, good good pickup, man. Like, um, I'm a little not super surprised, but a little bit surprised that uh, he didn't re-sign with Carolina. I guess it was maybe just a little pick 'em move for Carolina. I mean, how bad could it hurt? They got him for a million bucks. Put up a shit ton of numbers. He was an awesome player for him. So, I mean, great. It was just a great little rental. I mean, it didn't cost him anything but a million bucks. So, good for Tony D. Um, I'm guessing that they're going to have to re-sign him or something. Not 100% sure on that one. Uh, Leafs make a picks, picks, picky trades. Uh, Luke Coonan. Okay, we don't really care about those guys. More picks, picks. I'm just looking for some big names. Okay, so that looks like pretty much all the big trades that went down. Um, I think I do still want to talk about um, one feller that also got picked up in a trade a little bit earlier. Uh, this happened on June 29th. I need to talk about this. Los Angeles Kings acquire forward Kevin Fiala for the Minnesota Wild in exchange for defenseman Brock Faber and a first-round pick in 22. Um... Fuck me sideways. Bill Guerin and Mini Chota. Goddamn, man, I feel... Uh, he rolled the dice. They got on a playoff run. Didn't quite work out. Uh, they end up losing Fiala. Uh, the buyouts of Ryan Suter and uh, Zach Parise. It claims Fiala, man. Like, Fiala, dude. Like, dude is a fucking stud. 
He had a slow start this season. I know he had a slow start, but dude, this kid is fucking, he was on fire the second half, like two thirds, second two thirds of the season. Guy was unstoppable. Let me tell you a story. I had this guy in fantasy draft last year. Stud. Forget about it. Stud. Fantastic. Point of game kind of guy. I don't think he played all the games, but he was phenomenal. He was getting points like left and right. So good. This season, slow start. I drafted him again. Slow start. I had a really I had a pretty good team going on. He was a little bit too slow. I had to drop him, but he gets picked up. Instantly in free agency, boom, popped off. Did not stop. Did not stop popping off until, until the end of the season. Kid's a stud. So, Kings acquire him. They sign him to a fucking hefty, hefty deal. Uh, almost 8 mil. Big term. Big money. Big player. I think it's a great fucking move for LA. I think this is gonna. I, I I'm saying it's gonna. They're gonna reap the rewards of Kevin Fiala. The guy can run his own line. If you have him on a line with Kopitar, look the fuck out. This guy can be paired with Byfield. LA's dangerous, man, and they're only getting more dangerous with moves like that. God damn. I'm uh, good for them. I'm very happy for them. Um. And I guess I'll just quickly mention uh, Montreal acquired Dadnoff for for Shea Weber. If anyone gives a shit, you, I know you guys have known that for a really long time, if anyone's even listening. Um, now, there's been some signings. I just got to see if I can find something better for the signings. Hang on a minute. Okay, so we have the signings now. Um, Tony D'Angelo actually did sign a two-year, uh, $10 million uh, contract with the Philadelphia Flyers, so it's $5 million per year. Pretty okay. I feel like that's fine for a 50-60 point defenseman. That's uh, not too bad at all. Uh, Vili Husso did sign three years at 4.75. I was correct on that one. Um, okay, so this one I'm fine with, but there's one that has me shaking my head like, what the fuck? Um, we'll start with Marc-Andre Fleury. He's going to remain with the Minnesota Wilds, so yet another goalie crossed off my Toronto Maple Leaf wish list. Uh, you know, he could still, we could still maybe pick him up a trade deadline or other deals throughout, but uh, he remains in Minnesota. He's going to stay in Minnesota. He appeared to really like it there. Uh, it's a great hockey market. Uh, I hope the best for him. Marc-Andre Fleury is one of the greatest guys in the NHL right now. Uh, signed a $7 million two-year deal with, an average, with a cap hit of $3.5 million. He is 37 years old, but I don't know. I haven't seen Marc-Andre Fleury slowing down just yet. Goaltenders tend to kind of hang in there a little bit longer than a, a player does. So um, I'm fine with this deal. Uh, solid cap hit at a three and a half. So um, good signing for Minnesota. They're going to have a really solid tandem there with uh, Talbot and um, Fleury if that is the one goalie they're going to keep. I would imagine it's going to be Talbot because he did play quite well. And he played really good in the playoffs too, from what I remember. Um, okay, so now here's the the one that I'm, I'm, I'm left scratching my head at. Chris Letang re-signs with the Pittsburgh Penguins for $36.6 million for six years. Cap hit a $6.1 million. Now, Chris Letang, coming off of, I think, his best season of his whole career, uh, had an excellent season, and I believe a healthy season, which is also, I believe, a first for this guy. Um, I'm a fan of Chris Letang. I like Chris Letang a lot. 
very, very good defenseman. Uh, problem is, he's 35, just signed a six-year deal. What does that mean? Well, math says that means you're going to be 40 fucking one. Now, this guy has had a long history of injury problems. He's had a long career with a lot of playoffs. I don't even know if guys missed the playoffs. There's a lot of extra miles, hard ass miles on this guy. Um, very talented player. Still, clearly has it. Um, not necessarily the strongest on the defensive side, but he is Pittsburgh's best defenseman. And Pittsburgh still wants to go for it. Crosby isn't done. Um, but the fact of the matter is, um, Latang is not Crosby. I could see Crosby going on uh, for many more years, you know, five more years, maybe three, four, three to five more years. Uh, similar to Ovechkin. When Ovechkin signed his um, contract extension, it'll take him till 41, I believe. I didn't bat an eyelash at it because the guy is a mutant. He's an absolute mutant. There's something funky monkey going on in that water that he's drinking. But, uh, yeah, I don't have, I wouldn't even battle an eyelash of uh, Ovechkin going even past that 41 mark. Uh, he's going to crush Gretzky's goal record. And, yeah. But uh, Latang, I believe this deal has a f- uh, no move. Uh, I'll check out. Uh, man, that is a lot. That's just, um, mm, I don't know, man. That's, um, that's going to that's gonna hurt them in the long run. Uh, if they get one more fucking cup out of it, then who gives a shit, right? Absolutely, who gives a shit? So, you know, cool for Chris Letang. I'm a big fan of his. I love his hair. He's got great hair. Always uh, great hair. Um, I hope he can stay healthy, man. I hope he can shut me up and fucking rock that that this extension or he's going to go fucking downhill and he's probably going to go downhill fast. But I, I know that he's a great skater, so he's going to have that asset for probably, you know, the rest. But if the skill starts to drop off that 6 million, he doesn't have a very, very strong defensive game. So if the, if the offense goes, oh boy, it's going to be bad. It's going to be a bad one. So um, that's all the, all the major signings that happened um i do want to go over uh just a couple of other prospects that i felt went a little bit later than they were supposed to that might end up being really good picks for some people um i believe frank nazar center went to chicago blackhawks i think he was supposed to be ranked a bit higher than that goes to chicago so that could be a really good pick to look out for um another one here is nashville predators uh picking Joachim kemmel now, Kemmel, I believe, was also supposed to go quite a bit earlier than this, possibly a top 10 pick in some um, some publications, uh, draft rankings. Um, see, that the thing about this draft, that's been kind of consistent throughout the whole draft, is that, you know, one ranking's got a guy ranked 10th, and then another ranking's got the same player ranked, like, 30th. So, you know, everyone's kind of got their own opinions about people. It's a pretty deep-looking draft. We're not going to know until we know. But, um, yeah, uh, one more here um, is uh, Jimmy Snuggerud. Great last name, my friend, Snuggerud. I would love that player on my team. He ends up going to St. Louis, 23rd overall. Again, another guy that uh, was listed a, quite a bit higher on some drafting uh, rankings. So watch out. St. Louis fans out there, keep your eye on Jimmy Snuggerud. Um, good for him. And, again, I'm just going to mention Brad Lambert. Uh, Lambert. 
goes to Winnipeg at 30. I saw him uh, as early as 15 on some boards. So Winnipeg Jets, maybe you got a you got a little bit of a steal here. We don't know. All I heard about this guy is that um, he was potentially a top five player um, like a year ago, and then his uh, this year didn't go very well for him. It appeared that his development stagnated, and uh, he didn't really grow all too much. So he took a fucking nosedive, fell all the way down to 30. I do recall um, uh, right before he got picked, um, they showed his seat was empty. He's not there anymore. So I was like, oh, shit, he fucking rage quit. He's going home. He's like, oh, I'm not getting fucking picked tonight. I'm going home. Fuck this shit. And then, boom, Winnipeg took him, like, right right as they were showing his empty seat. So I, I uh, didn't see if he got to go up to the stage or he was still in the building or he was just taking a shit because he's been there for fucking four hours like the rest of us. But, um... Right on, man. I uh, kind of wanted Brad Lambert to be Leaf, but um, yeah. So uh, speaking of Leafs, let's go over and let's take a look at um, some of the names that the Leafs signed. I don't know a lot about these guys. We're not going to know about them probably for a long time because the Leafs' uh, highest draft pick was 38. Um, you know, I'm not gonna, and it's not saying that these guys aren't going to be NHL players someday, but they're definitely not going to be NHL players this year. Um, I mean, if, if one of them are fucking sweet, that would be great. Um, so the pick that they ended up getting um, from Chicago ended up being around to number 38. Uh, the Maple Leafs pick Frazier Minton, uh, center out of Kamloops, WHL. Um, what I've read about him is that... Um, he doesn't have a lot of offensive upside, which is not optimal. I don't, you know, that when you're drafting early in the draft, I feel you're you're looking for skill. So drafting a kid that potentially doesn't have that offensive upside kind of worries me. And I also saw a few rankings of this guy going as far as 100. So that's a potential late third, fourth round pick. Um, so it feels like kind of a reach for the Maple Leafs here. Only time will tell. So, you know, welcome to the Toronto Maple Leaf uh, system. My man, Fraser Minton Center, I hope you get to be a Toronto Maple Leaf playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs in meaningful games soon. Uh, their next pick did not come until number 95, round three, Nicholas Maldenhauer. Hauer. Right wing, uh, played in the USHL. So we got a... Got an American, oh, well, that last name doesn't look American, but he played for the American League. I don't know anything about him. I'm sorry. Um, let's just pray that he's going to be great. Um, there's not going to be a whole lot of info that I can give you on guys that are taken, like, further this far down into the draft. Um, you know, I don't really like to look too much into it. I just like to watch these guys in real time grow and develop, and we'll just see. Like Steve Dangle always says, these are magic beans, baby. We don't know what they are yet. They could be an everlasting vine that goes to the sky that takes us to the Stanley Cup finally. Who knows? Or you could just never play a game in the NHL, and you could fuck off and go to Russia and play there. I don't know. We don't know. But, um, you know, it sounded a little rude. Uh, I don't want him to go to Russia and play there. But, you know, he may not play in the NHL is all I'm saying. Um, okay, so round four, the next pick was at 122. Now, this is the one that made me perk up a little bit. I don't know a whole lot m much about him, but he's a goaltender. And his name is Dennis Hildeby um, from Sweden. 
So we've seen a ton of great goaltending come out of Sweden. We have not seen, especially recently, or pro I don't even think ever, a goaltending prospect come out of Toronto that actually got to play for Toronto other than James Reimer. Reimer was also taken in the fourth round, just like this goaltender. So can we get maybe another James Reimer? James Reimer was going to be a fantastic goalie for us until he got 47 concussions and uh, just kind of derailed his career. Like, that dude was an absolute stud in the, I think it was the 13th season where he dragged that fucking team that had no reason being in the playoffs and almost beating the Bruins in seven. That was mostly Reimer. So... I'll always love you, Rhyme Time. You're my boy. Uh, next pick came at 135, round five. Nikita Grebenkin, uh, MHL, right winger. Okay, so it looks like kind of got uh, going for the right wings. You got one center and you got a goalie, and then the next guy is a left wing. So we went everywhere, but no defenseman here. No defenseman here whatsoever. Um... Is that concerning? I don't know. The Leafs have been drafting pretty heavily defensively considering they picked Lilligren, Sandine, and probably other guys that, you know, I only really know first-round picks. I'm a bit of a stooge that way um, because that's where they make all the hoopla. They make all the hoopla about first-round picks. So first-round picks stand out to me. Um, right winger, man. You know, let's, let's see. I hope. Uh, round seven, pick number 218. Brandon Lizowski, left winger from the Saskatoon Blades of the WHL. Welcome to the Toronto Maple Leafs, my friend. Again, please be a bean that turns into a massive, ginormous vine that takes us, guides us up to the glorious lands of victory, of winning. It's been far, far, far too long since the Maple Leafs have won anything, even a fucking round in the goddamn playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I did the thing. Um, yeah, man. Um, Maple Leafs do have some other uh, prospects in our system. Nick Robertson, Matthew Nyes, Rodion Amirov. We got to hope for these guys. You know, I'm starting to lose a little bit of hope out of Nick Robertson. I know it wasn't his fault. He got hurt this year. This could have been his coming out party year. Who knows? But if, if anyone, if he's going to have that coming out party, it has to be this year. I can see this guy, like, I am praying this guy can make it into a top six role. I don't know which Leafs are going to be Leafs anymore. I feel like Justin Hall's gone. I feel like Kerfoot could probably be gone. Mikheyev looks like he's gone. Soup could be gone. Mrazek's gone. Muzzin could be gone. Dubas said it himself. Everyone is on watch is on the trading block not to say we are actively looking to trade you but nobody is safe on this team except for austin matthews mitchell marner and your boy morgan mo riley john tavares is not safe william nylander is not safe muzzin you're not safe sandine i think giordano is probably safe because he signed a sweetheart deal with us but Duba says nobody's safe. What does that mean for our offseason? I mean, a lot of targets, goaltending-wise, are gone already. Doesn't mean that a trade is not out there for us. I hope there is a trade out there for us. If Soup isn't going to sign, I'm still hanging on to that, that Soup is going to sign with us. I really hope so. I love him very much. I want to get one of his jerseys very, 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 very badly. On top of that, we lost Jason goddamn Spezza! I'm sorry, I just scared the shit out of all my cats and possibly one of you guys. 
whoever's listening. But we lost Spezza. We didn't lose him. We didn't lose-lose him. He's still in the organization. He's going to watch over this team like a like a guardian angel. I wish we can bring in... Um, oh, man, who was the other guy that was like a... I don't know if it really was Joe Thornton that was like that, or was there another... I mean, Matt Martin was so goddamn cute with Mitchell Marner. Uh, I'd just love to have that guy back in the organization, just so he could, he and Mitchell Marner could sniff smelling salts again. That was such a great thing. You can look it up on YouTube. Just look up Mitchell Marner, Matt Martin, smelling salts. And you will see, I think, Mitch Marner experiencing smelling salts for the first time. Definitely looked like it. Definitely looked like it. So I think that's going to be all for this episode um, episodes going forward, you know, I know I'm doing this at a really weird time when the off season's kind of ramping down. I have other plans, other podcast plans that I'm planning on doing plan, plan. You want to say plan again, planner. Um, so I want to do a wrestling podcast. Uh, I watch so much goddamn wrestling. I have so much to talk about, about wrestling and I just, I just want to fucking get it out there you know I, I i have all this i have nobody to talk to about wrestling except with my wife my wife and i we watch tons of wrestling every week um she may even pop on an episode or two to talk with me um you know just check out the episode it might be up somewhere um i have many notes um i'm not quite done writing up my first uh episode for it this episode here um of the hockey podcast you may or may not have noticed i didn't have any notes i just kind of won it um it's kind of what i do it's kind of what i did throughout my whole youtube career i love doing uh just live reactions live talking it's more real you know i want it to be more like um, like I like to have notes. Um, I did have to stop the recording once to get my get some information because my mind blanked. Maybe I think my brain is is better at remembering shit than I than I give myself credit for. So I forget some shit, and sometimes I'm gonna go, I forget stuff. But over my YouTube career, man, like I feel like podcasting is a good place for me to go to. I hope you guys will be here with me and support me. I know I come back and forth to this thing this internet thing over and over again i leave you guys so much and i'm so sorry for that um life is hard man um i've had hard years i know we all have um at times you know youtube and video making just didn't make sense to me um it was doing some damage to me that i was taking personally and it was making life a little bit harder um but i reflect back on my time on youtube as being some of the most most fun um i've ever had on the, on the internet and i miss you guys if anyone's out there that's you know still a subscriber to my youtube channel i love you guys if you're here listening i love you even more so you know come with me on this journey who knows how long it's gonna last i i hope i can keep up with this thing i i really want to do this i uh i feel like it's going to be very beneficial for me you know with mental health and and just you know communicating more with people i've kind of lost touch with people over over the last you know oh, fuck i don't know just many years man and i feel like i want to try and reconnect with uh with some of the great people that i met on on youtube and just the, the laughs that I had on YouTube, man, you know, I found myself today watching some of the old videos that me and good old Bill, Bullet Bill 89 did on YouTube, and I was just having a good time laughing, remembering those times, and then I looked down, and six years, eight years ago, I'm like, oh my god, time flies, dude, I know I came back on YouTube like four years ago, 
I did some NHL uh, video game stuff. I was doing GM modes. Uh, me and Bullet Bill did some stuff, some Let's Plays. Uh, we did Splinter Cell. We did Uncharted. You know, it was great. I um, I want to do a video game podcast. I don't know if it's going to be a podcast, guys. I really don't know what I want to do. I don't want to ditch video gaming. I know you guys, you know, y'all. we all started on if, you know, my fans are all here because of, because of video games. That's where I started. I did the... Uh, Call of Duty, man. I did so many Call of Duty fucking videos. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't play that stuff anymore. Um, I just, I hate it now. <laughs> I can't play. I'm not, I'm, I'm too old now. Damn it. I'm almost 30 for God's sakes. I can't play those online games with you young and just no more. I just don't find them enjoyable anymore, but I still play video games like a motherfucker. I, I, I love video games still. I, I have a PS5. So, you know, maybe Let's Plays can come back someday. I'm a bit of a cheap fuck. And I, I just really don't want to put out the money for a hobby. You know, it's it's not my job. This is something I'm just very passionate about. I'm passionate about hockey. I'm passionate about video games. I'm passionate about, about wrestling. I'm passionate about men, sweaty men in underwear. I'll even talk about fucking UFC, man. Like, I'll talk about pretty much anything that comes to my mind. Um, if you haven't noticed, I'm a little bit... I can be a chatterbox. Um... <sighs> I learned that from YouTube, you know, back in my day, back in my day, when I was doing the YouTube thing, I was, I was a big old, big old stank on fucking, oh, make sure there's no dead air. It was almost like being a radio host back then. Like, people didn't like, you know, dead air. And then I started getting comments, that you talk too much, shut the fuck up, let us just watch the video game. Then I'm like, well, what the fuck's the point of doing a Let's Play if you don't want to, you don't want to talk to me? It's all about me. But, um, yeah, guys, I mean, if anyone's out there still listening to this, thank you so much. Um, I'll try and put some, I don't really don't know what I'm doing here. Um, if this ends up on Spotify, if this ends up on YouTube, I might put this one up on YouTube just as a signal flare to you guys out there. My, my 600 plus subscribers that I still have. I thank all of you. Um, yeah, man, just look out for uh, a little bit more Gamer GX content maybe coming out. And um, I'm fucking excited for this. So thanks a lot for listening, y'all. And uh, I'll check out check out now. And hopefully we'll check back in with some new, uh, maybe some wrestling content, maybe some more hockey content, maybe some video game content. If you guys have any ideas relating to those topics, hockey, video games, wrestling, lay down some topics for me. My wrestling thing is mostly just going to be, you know, slight reviews, quick, uh, excuse me, quick reviews of the week in a week in review, basically of what I watched that week. I watched pretty much everything. Uh, AEW, um, WWE. I watched some GC dub. <laughs> I, there's too much, you know, there's so much, like, I think we're entering a golden era of wrestling and I think I want to hop on board and I want to talk. I told I want to talk wrestling and video games are, are always great. I love talking video games. If you guys, have some video game suggestions for me to talk about. I really don't know yet where I want to start with video games. Uh, I definitely want to talk about games that I've been playing recently and and reviews and 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 I don't really want to talk about news because I don't really give a shit about news. That's one thing about me as a gamer. I am not a up to date gamer. I I game in the pe- in the in the past. I'm too. It's games are too damn expensive now. Uh, for a fucking new video game here in Canada, it's damn near a hundred dollars. Can't afford that shit. 
okay? I, or I can, but I just refuse to pay it when I know it's going to be half that price in six months. So I like to wait. And I've also been gaming since I was four years old. So I've uh, generated quite a fucking backlog. And um, I'm, I'm, I've fallen behind, you know? There's still games on my PS3 I have not touched. There's still retro games I have not touched. And they just keep coming, baby. They just keep coming. Okay, okay, that's it. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop rambling. Uh, oh, shit. Sorry. I'm going to keep rambling. Uh, one more thing. If I do put this um, on YouTube um, and you have questions, leave your questions down in the comments. The old comment section. If you want to ask me questions about what I've been doing over the last four or five years, you can ask me that. Um, you know, uh, if you guys got PS5s, how you liking it? If you played Elden Ring? I have. I platinum that motherfucker. Ask me about Elden Ring. I'll tell. I could talk about Elden Ring. That'll probably be a great first episode. I'll probably just talk about Elden Ring. Okay. Leave a comment if you have a question for me. Welcome back. Um, welcome back to any old. Beautiful, lovely, adorable subscribers that I had. Um, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. If you're new here, welcome. Um, I have a massive backlog of videos of over 400 videos on YouTube. GamerGX videos on YouTube. You want to see what I'm all about? I've changed a little bit since then, but I'm still kind of the same stupid idiot that I was back then. So fucking check me out on YouTube, GamerGX videos. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and I'll see you again soon.